Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Yeah, is, this, is, the, is the volume alright? You can all hear me. BJ at the fan, can you hear me through the fan? Awesome. Yeah, just shake somebody next to you. Say, open your heart for the Word of God. So, oh, and also, welcome to the ladies from Horizon. Glad that you are here, one of the residences at uh, Bunting Road, together with Jade. I'm glad to have you. That, did any of them who shut the Heights girls make it? Yeah. Okay. They were, I think there was first-year concerts and all sorts of stuff. They would have tried to make it this morning. Right. This morning, I'm going to try and keep the message brief. brief. Um, and um, it's, uh, yes, it's, it was such a difficult thing just to kind of figure out what, what to say on your way out, <laughs> um, in, in, in a sense, is, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to say? And I was, and often I obviously preach either about the lost or about disciple making, and, uh, and I think Elmery was kind of aiming at that as well, and I think Lauren also a little bit then. And I was seriously considering preaching on 2 Timothy 2.2. Just write it down. Go spend some time with God on it, right? Um, But um, that's not what I'm going to be sharing on. And and it's something that that has come up for us as well. And uh, I believe it's an invitation that God is is extending to us as a family. But I also believe that it is a little bit of a reorientation moment for, for all of us as a congregation as well. Um, the sermon's title is up there called Knock Knock. What do you normally reply to Knock Knock? Who's there? Okay, so this is a line that you're going to remember me by, okay, for the rest of your lives. Knock Knock, who's there? And I'm going to get into those details. Lord, I pray that you will lead my words, God, and to articulate it exactly what you want to say. That I would not speak from my own flesh, God, but that it would come from your spirit. I pray, God, that your word will fall onto fertile ground here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so who's there? Revelation 3, verse 8, from verse 18. No, from verse 14, actually. I think it says that. Yeah, it's supposed to be from verse 14. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea. Now, this is revelation that, that John had while he was on the island of Patmos. And then there were certain messages that he received four different churches. Okay, so this is written to believers. This is written to churches. This is not somebody that doesn't know Jesus or doesn't know about Jesus. This is actually an integral part of the church. So this is one of the churches that is that this specific letter goes out to, right, to the one in Laodicea. The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out. Some translation says I will vomit you out. I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind. And naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich, and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, 
and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I have also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church churches. Now there's a lot going on there and I can go into a lot of detail which I'm going to try to not to do. But there's something specifically there that, that I kind of just want to highlight to us. And the thing is, is, this is written to a church, but Jesus is on the outside. And how, how does that happen? And, and, I, and I believe there's a key right in the beginning of this passage. He says there, I know your deeds. And, and I believe that there is, we, we can easily get distracted by everything that we have to do. And I got distracted by everything that I had to do and not first and foremost on a daily basis actually just sit at the feet of Jesus before you get to the, do, the to-do list. Before you run after the campuses of 50,000 plus. Before we run off to work. Before we get cooking. Moms, some dads as well. Dads get cooking, right? Um, so before all of that, there's, there's a place of where we can get disconnected with Jesus. It's the, it's the same story of the Mary and Martha story of where, where Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha is running around serving, preparing the food. And she gets upset. It's like, but Lord, but tell my sister that she needs to help me. And Jesus replies like, mm, you are worried and upset about many things. Mary has chosen that which is better. So I'm not going to tell her to get up and do anything. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean that we never do anything. It's just that there's a place of where first things comes first. And sitting at Jesus' feet, dining with God. It's amazing how, how that scripture says that, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will dine with you. I will eat with you. Not just coming, hi, how's it going, and, and cheers. Or come in and check up on you, an accountability meeting or anything. It's, it's there to be with us. To have God's presence right, right in our midst all the time. So... I believe that that is, a, for some of us, if you recognize that you've gotten, you've gotten distracted by all of the doing, believe that there is an invitation back to allow, just to dine with God. Um, we can get worried, upset. We can even get hurt within the context of church. Um, and and, and we, can, we can get disillusioned about Everything, if we are just slaving away, slaving away, slaving away, but we not, never actually sit first and foremost at the feet of Jesus. So, 
Knock, knock. First. First who? First love. Okay, Revelation 2. Uh, one up. Revelation 2, verse 1 to 5. So this is the letter that's written to the church in Ephesus. In verse 2, I know your deeds. Once again, I know your deeds and your toil, your hard work and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you, and you put to test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have, pers- you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. So, the thing is, yeah, is I believe, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm sharing this out of a place of personal conviction for myself. Okay? So, I'm not preaching down at anybody here. Right? If the shoe fits, put it on and repent. Okay? <laughs> if you are beyond that and you are dining with God, then intercede for the people around you. Amen? Okay. Um, it, we can get easily into... And, we, and, and some of us get very zealous also. Um, but I also want to say that th- there comes a place where God leads us to go and do that which He's called us to do. So our faith is not just sitting at Jesus' feet, but it does critically start there. But our faith needs to have hands and feet as well. Um, and... What I want to just encourage us as a congregation with and kind of leave you with this is that never let church become about the doing. Primarily. Never let it become about the songs we sing. Don't let it become about the great sermons. Let it be about Jesus. Being with Jesus, meeting with Jesus in the context of community. Don't get distracted. Yes, there, there, there's a whole lot, there's 101 rosters that we have to do for all of the teams that, that are involved. But it's about Jesus. It's about us worshiping Jesus and taking other people along, along with so that they can also meet Jesus and, and, be, and, and, and dine with Him. Have him as, as our as our first love. Um, all right. So, and I want to say that this congregation, you have amazing deeds. You have amazing hands and feet. And I just believe that I don't necessarily say that this is a problem at the moment. I'm just maybe giving a warning shot. It's make sure that you keep the main thing the main thing. It's about your love for Jesus first and foremost. And there's a place of getting away with getting away with Jesus. There's a there's another scripture that I'm not going to read right now, but in in Ephesians um, it talks about the whole conversation about faith and works. You, we, we're not saved by our works. It is by grace through faith that we are saved, and it's not our own works that we can do this. 
But that same verse is followed by, I'm paraphrasing now, but so that we would then go and do what God has prepared for us in advance to go and do. So we don't do that stuff to get saved. We do that stuff because we are saved. So we then flow into that which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So if you're not in a right standing with God, no work that you can do on the face of this planet is going to be enough to save you. It is by grace through faith. And then it's a place of in being in relationship with God. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do I do? Um, and it's just very important that we can get so involved, so busy with 101 things that we forget that that which starts first is by grace through faith, Jesus being our first love, God on the inside dining with us. And that we don't be so zealous to be right and to be even scriptural, but we actually miss the God of the Bible. And I've, over the years, have experienced that, that people stand so strong on their point out of Scripture, but you see absolutely no fruit or little fruit in their lives about love and grace and truth. So, it's obviously, it starts with God in them. Hey, everybody awake still? Cool. All right. Jeremiah 29. We love quoting the Scripture. Okay, anybody heard anybody else quote the Scripture before? Yeah, yeah, heard it lots. Okay. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future for you. Then you will call on me and I will call and I will pray to you and I will listen to you. It's amazing promises, amazing Scripture. Who of you knows verse 13? Okay, hit it. Okay. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So often we, run, we want the promises of God, but we don't want to give our all. And even if we say we give our all, if I had to just delve a little bit into our everyday lives, then probably for a lot of us reveal that my intention is to see God with all of my heart, but in practice I actually don't see God with all of my heart. Yes, I want those plans that's going to prosper me. Oh, I want the future. I want the hope. But when it comes to putting first things first and seeking God with all of our hearts, who of you have heard the saying, it's maybe not a saying, I, ha I don't have time. Okay, you hear that from my two-year-old all the way up to retirement. I don't have time. Um, and, and, it's, and, and what I've kind of shared it somewhere, did you know that each and every one of us have got 24 hours in their day? You have time. You maybe don't have priorities, but you have time. Yeah, I know that's like a mic drop moment. I can leave now. But um, All right, so seeking God with all of our hearts is not dependent on our circumstances. We determine our circumstances. 
if you're in consulting or auditing or, or, or something like that where you've got long hours, where's Hanan, you guys doing spoot and everything? What do you call it in English? Speed. Hey? On call. Calls. Okay, thank you, Jade. I'll stick to speed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, we work long hours, and, and sometimes you have to put in those long hours. Um, and, and it's fair. But sometimes if it's continuous and it's determining your life circumstances year in, year out, year in, year out, you still have a choice about where you're going to work. Um, and yes, there's a place of where you ask God, Lord, is this where you want me to stay? But then something's got to give. If your boss is just week in and week out throwing you with work and you never get to small group or you, want, you, you just know that God wants you to do Bible school this year, but I don't have time, um, if you have the conviction that God wants you to do it, then re- reprioritize some things. If you know that God has, wants you to be in a small group this year, then reprioritize some stuff. If you have children, I, I just had a baby. Take the baby with. Amen. Thank you. I was like, there, there was no response there. Thanks, Zon, you saved that one. Um, we... And, and obviously there are times when we are injured, when we are broken, when, and, and there are times when we need healing. There's sometimes life happens. So it's not a copy and paste across all the board, okay? How it, how it fits in your circumstances. Seeking God with all of our hearts does not mean that I'm at church every Sunday. Maybe it involves that also, but that means Monday, to, Monday through Saturday... I make it a priority to see God with all of my heart. All of me for all of God. And often we, we're running after the privileges, after, after, after the benefits that God brings, but not necessarily just having a heart-to-heart conversation with God on a daily basis. Um, and I really, I really just want to encourage you um, is... It's to make that, make that a top priority, is to be with Jesus. And maybe some of you are here, and you are asking questions about faith, about life. Um, and I want to say to you, you're at the right place. Not, I want to kind of validate your questions, that if, you, if you're seeking, and you, you're seeking the truth, keep seeking. There's another knock-knock one scripture that I, that I thought of throwing in here, but Matthew, Matthew 7 says, ask, seek, knock. If you um, ask, you will receive. If you knock, it will be open to you. If you, what's the other one? Seek and you will find. Um, so if you are seeking at this stage, seek with all of your heart. I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, continue in that journey of seeking. And I, I, I can guarantee you that if you seek God with an honest heart, you will find truth and you will find that God is not an old man sitting with a knokkiri waiting to hit you. He will receive you like a father with open arms to love you. Amen? All right. I'm almost done. I actually did put the scripture up. There you go. For those that are taking notes. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of your work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And I want to say as a community of believers, there are some places where we are going to pull our faith and our effort together to do those works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And then there are in certain things that God has called and prepared in advance for you to do as an individual, either in the workplace or in your home, wherever. Um, Alex made the announcement earlier as well that if you're wanting to bring whatever you are good at or not good at, bring it to the table to build up other people in the congregation as well. So all of the Sunday teams are going to get together 10th of March, I think it's the 10th of March, second Saturday of March, and having a volunteer training day, okay, with from sound to worship team to kids, I'm not sure if you kids also on that day, um, the, whole, the whole spectrum. Um, and we also have conversations, I think, about um, why we do what we do. How do we do it? From which place of our hearts is, is obviously honor to serve. But once again, all right, so first, by grace, through faith, and then the works follow. Now, in the context of first things first, I want to say that, um, and this is, this is something that I believe God is doing with us in Shofar, as well as in the broader body of Christ, as a, as a reprioritization is is that Jesus first, first things first, Jesus our first love. Make sure that He is our first love. But secondly, when, we, when it comes to ministering to people, okay, and, and, and when I talk to ministering to people, I'm not talking to us as pastors only. I'm talking to each and every one of us. I want to say that it needs to start at home. Husbands, ministry for you starts at home. Wives, Ministry for you starts at home. Children, ministry for you starts at home. Um, and, and I believe that we, we in Shofar have in the past, we've put our 99% of effort out into the congregation and maybe brought back home 1%. Of, and that needs, to, that needs to shift. It's so that our wives and our children are the ones flourishing. And I'm not just talking to us as pastors again. I'm talking to each and every one of us. Ministry starts at home. So, pastoral care. Like, at home, you can't say, well, I'm not, I'm not a gifted teacher, therefore I'm not going to teach my children. It doesn't compute, does it? I am not a, I'm not a really, not a lovey-feely type of person, so I'm not going to shepherd my family. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work like that. I'm not really a prophetic kind of person, so I'm not going to give direction for my family. It's one area of our lives which we can't outsource. Husbands, are you hearing me? And I think the church, the Western church, not like Clint Eastwood Western, the, um, the, the church in the West, um, have, have become professionals at outsourcing their duties. I want to say there's a call back to the church that the fathers are, the prime, are, are first and foremost responsible for the discipling of their homes, of their children. And we need to get that right. And how we as a congregation can start to pray into that and start thinking creativity, create, 
proactively about this is that I believe that some of our effort needs to shift from discipling our children primarily at children's church to how do we disciple the parents so that they can disciple the children at home. The children's church is amazing and should be, is, is a necessary, but it should complement what's already happening in, in the homes. Amen. So there's a, there's, a, there's a call back to the heart of Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus and connecting with our first love. There's also a call to first things first, and the outflow of our faith needs to be in our homes first. Um, let me read this scripture to you. This is, this is Paul writing to Timothy, and he's talking about the qualifications for an overseer or a deacon. And I, and I believe we've gotten this wrong in the past and so far overall, and I do believe that there, there is a very intended shift to, back to this um, in show for overall. It is a trustworthy saying, a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious. It's an amazing word. I don't know what it means. Um, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? One who manages his own household well. And I believe that um, we've gotten it wrong in the past we look at somebody who's faithful, willing, maybe a little bit able and anointed. It's like, you're the guy for the job, we're sending you. And we never actually just have the conversation, how's it going in your home? Are you managing to, uh, are you managing to lead and disciple your home well? Um, and I believe that's, a, just, that's such an important, crucial thing. Because that, for me, is if we can manage our homes well, that is, then we can actually people that aren't that you aren't by blood responsible for then you will be able to by Jesus blood be responsible for other other people well as well amen so in conclusion are you dining with god not like once a month date night like are you, are you dining with God on a regular basis, communing with God? Now, I want to just, just pause there. That is the place where intimacy is going to grow. As you make time with God a priority. You see it in marriage as well. If, for, those that are, for those that are married, like if you, ever, if, if you just pass by your wife five minutes a day and want to have a date night once a week, Intimacy on that date night struggles, to put it bluntly. Um, but if you, if you have a, a regular FaceTime, heart-to-heart, just talking, see some men is starting to either make notes or look down and like, yes, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> okay? Of heart-to-heart connection. But it's the same with intimacy with God. 
is that we need to regularly have, in a sense, FaceTime with God. Now, some of the students are thinking, I have FaceTime on my phone. How does, how does this work? It's not what I'm talking about. Okay, time of connecting with God, heart, heart to heart. Okay, so it's, it's critical. Okay, so are you dining with God? Okay, is Jesus your first love? Okay, what is potentially distracting you or have taken the place of first love in your life? Okay, these are questions that you can take home with God and you can sit with Him around these things. Okay, what works has He prepared in advance for you to do? And do you live that out at home first? And how do we, in the context of this, if we realize, okay, but things aren't my, my life, my home is not in order, what do you do? Like that same scripture said it very plainly. Repent. What does repentance mean? It's like repent. You, you, you turn away from that which is distracting you and you to, turn towards Jesus. Say, Lord, I choose to turn away from that. I choose to make you first and foremost my love. I return to you. And from this place, you determine what are those works that I do at first. In partnership, in yoking with, with Jesus. So that is how we get back to our first love, is by repenting and locking eyes with Jesus, metaphorically speaking. So, Lord, I'm here for you. And for some of you who, who, who gets fidgety after the second time you sat with God and He hasn't told you anything to do, there's, there's for some of you, for weeks and weeks, God is just inviting you to sit at His feet. Without asking, Lord, what do I do? Who do I need to speak to? This goes a little bit against my evangelical trend. Okay? It, you need to sit at Jesus' feet and switch off task mode. And just engage with your heart with God. And I, I want to say that whatever God would want to lead you into, if you are, if you are engaged in conversation with Him, you engage in intimacy with Him, he will tell you when the time is right. Um, so it's from that place of intimacy that we receive instruction. We just be, just be with God. And be there for Him. Don't be there just for the benefits. Don't be there to receive the next order or the next instruction. Or the, just, just be with Him. Share your heart with Him. I'm going to pray for us. Lord Jesus, we, Lord God, we realize that so many times we get distracted. We get distracted by bad things, but also good things. Good things that you've also intended for us to do. And we get, dis- we get distracted by some things. And this morning, Lord, we realize that that regardless of where we are in our life, in our relationship with you, there is the invitation to continuously dine with you. And this morning, God, I want to pray, God, for, for anybody that is here where you are actually on the outside. 
where on face value we're serving and we're doing all sorts of great stuff. But on the inside, we realize that you're not in the inside. And Lord Jesus, thank you that through your Holy Spirit that you're convicting the right people and that there's no condemnation here this morning. But then there's an invitation to open up the door, to hear your voice this morning, to open up the door for you to come in, to dine with us, to be our first love again. And Lord, we repent of allowing anything at all to become more important to us than you. That our affection and our devotion would flow first to other places. And I pray, God, that our times of where we're sitting at your feet, that, that you would just unlock just such a fragrance of being in your presence. And even though we sometimes don't realize it, we, we yearn for you. We long for you. And we look for those things sometimes at other places. We sometimes look for it in our marriages or in our work. We look for significance here or there. We look for affection here and there. But we realize, God, that it's only you that can really satisfy us. Therefore, Lord, as we, sit, as we come back to, to that which is first, I pray, God, that you will help us to live that out first in our homes, to be everything to our wives and our children which, which you've called us to be, that you would call, that you would shape the women in our homes, you would shape the children in our homes, that you would, for those that aren't married yet, God, that we would invest in our lives in such a way that we will be able to do everything that we do out of that place of intimacy with you. Some of us are students at university and not in home. And I pray, God, that it would be an outflow of our lives to the people around us, to our neighbors, as we just sit at your feet. And Lord, for those who are, are very task-driven, that are very motivated. I pray, God, that you would give them the grace to be able just to sit still at your feet long enough to connect heart to heart with you. That we'd be able to switch off of those tasks and actually just engage with our hearts. And Lord, we repent of where we've treated relationship with you like a fly-by-night kind of relationship. Where we run in and out of your presence and we don't actually seek you with all of our hearts. God, seeking you with all of our hearts, we realize that it entails that we need to maybe reprioritize other things so that we can actually sit face to face with you, heart to heart with you. And we come back to that. And we have neglected God, our families, God, we repent of that. And I pray, God, that you would anoint every husband here and every husband-to-be to be everything in their family that you've called them to be, to live it out there. And that we would be for one another in this community what you've also called us to be in this community. But also as we, as we engage with the world out there, God, that we would be your hands and your feet that takes your love to, the, to a broken world and would minister the whole gospel to the whole world.
Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.com. Thank you.